0: Welcome back. We're on episode, what are we on? 53 of Spinal Tap Minute. (laughs) The podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and Stonehenge wrong size the movie This is Spinal Tap one magnificent minute at a time. I am and continue to be Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com.
1: And as always, I am Sean German of five minutesofmime.com. And our returning special guest, the world's biggest Harry Shearer fan,
0: <laughs>
1: it's Joyce Miller. Joyce, Hi. thanks for coming
2: back. It's great to be back.
1: Yeah. Welcome back. And you have returned to join us for Minute 53. Uh, Minute 53 of the movie This is Spinal Tap starts with Derek suggesting that there is a rational solution to all Uh the band's problems. We end with uh, an interview. Uh, Marty is talking to a mysterious collaborator who we, we don't see quite yet. And then in between, Nigel suggests resurrecting Stonehenge. And he quickly sketches a diagram on a restaurant napkin.
0: Yes. Yes mysterious collaborator oh yes marty okay (laughs) i scrubbed forward for a second all of a sudden i was like wait who's he talking to now i remember it's all clear
1: (laughs) (laughs) so i I I gotta say
0: yo sean we're both so ready (laughs) go ahead go ahead
1: well just gonna say i really wonder what derek's suggestion would have been he starts off saying you know there are solutions we can take a rational approach, and then he gets interrupted by Nigel. Well, so that's I,
0: exactly what I was going to say.
1: <laughs> so wish. what what is a rational approach in, in the mind of Derek Smalls? And all that I can think of is
2: a fascinating question. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> do you have an answer, Joyce?
2: No, I do not. But I was <laughs> trying to know what it would have been. That's not in the work print, is it, Sean? I, I...
1: No, no, not, not that I recall. <laughs> Yeah, there's no extended cut of 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 Derek saying anything before getting interrupted. I I wonder the only thing I can think of for a direction where Derek might have been going here is is a jazz exploration.
0: Yeah. Exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> so yeah, he's maybe he's you know ha- was going to bust that one out and then held that for a while,
2: you know. Yeah. He's, that he's got that good in his hip
1: pocket. Yeah.
2: yeah. So I have a question for both of you. When he when he says solution, when Derek says there's a solution, um, Nigel starts laughing. Is um is Christopher Guest breaking or is he in character? Oh,
1: good
0: question.
1: <laughs> I I wonder that as well in, in reviewing this minute. I think it's a carryover, because it was at the end of the previous minute where uh, David has handed out the sketches of the band uh Dressed as their various uh, astrological signs, and Nigel has suggested that his might look better in doubly. <laughs> so I think he's just. He, I th- it, it, when we just watch this minute, it looks like he's laughing at just kind of something random. But I think it's a continuation of uh, Nigel laughing at his own joke at uh. Janine's expense here.
0: But you know that brings up t- to my mind like this is the first time I think. As irritated as Nigel's been at Janine, like him laughing so heartily and really getting a kick out of this, I think that's the first time we've really seen him be this kind of amused, you know, at his own at at his own comedy. So
2: yeah, I think that's why I thought it might be out of character because
0: yeah, you know,
1: but it it is. Yeah, Nigel is the very he's the serious musician. I think the only other time we've seen him laugh was was at Shit Sandwich when you know when Marty was going over the various bad reviews that that Spinal Tap has gotten through the years. He he had a a little bit of a chuckle at at some of those reviews, and then he's 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 laughing here at his own joke. But I yeah, I don't think we, generally he's a very serious guy. Yeah,
0: but I do think it's a good point, Joyce, and I think maybe we can get the opinions of our. Um our wonderful listeners and groupie loungers and tweeters and grammars is what, what do you think? Cause it does like just rewatching it over and over. Like his eyes are closed, his body's kind of convulsing. <laughs> it definitely could be a break. It definitely could be him losing his composure. Uh, you know, Christopher guest. That's oh. um, great. It's really fun to watch. And I also noticed there's these like, I don't think they really have these at restaurants too much more, but these plastic, like, daisies or something <laughs> in the middle. I could just imagine how much cigarette smoke has soaked into those. <laughs>
1: oh, and the... You don't think those are real? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and the earth tone window coverings are so attractive, too. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah I, I, I don't, you know, I don't remember too much... Of drapes and curtains and decor of the early '80s. I don't know if if, if you ladies remember, was the world this brown in 1982? <laughs> Just everywhere we go, everything's earth tones, everything's shades of brown and tan. There's not a lot of color in the world of Spinal Tap, is it? Yeah,
2: this this movie is quite muddy. You know, it,
1: it really is. Is it just an indication of, you know, the type of restaurants and hotels where they're staying? Is it is it their particular world or was this was this like before the world was colorized or, or
2: something? <laughs> it's just... it's back yeah, like it was sepia
0: tone. Yeah, yeah. I, I could. This fantastic fanzine. I can't think of what it was called right now, but it was put out in the 90s. But it was specifically about. The different trends of the 70s. And um, I remember them talking specifically about fashion and and having these great illustrations of these, you know, all these different looks from like the kind of the hippie ish to the rock and roll ish to the what's that movie?
2: Annie Hall. Annie
0: Hall. Yeah. So the Annie Hall look, and then, you know, different forays into the preppy look, you know, just mm-hmm. all the different things. And I do remember them talking about these earth tones. Of course, there was the avocado, the goldenrod. <laughs> rod. <laughs> the burnt orange and brown and it was supposed to evoke this naturalness you know this is (laughs) this is the beginning of a lot of our health issues too because this is when they really started promoting the um that how great carbohydrates were for us so people were eating (laughs) a lot of pasta and whole grain muffins and so that was going on. <laughs> there was a lot of cork. And I um, um, well, remember that wallpaper or wall treatment that was like gold kind of running through like a faux marble gold sort of a look. And,
2: oh, and gold-veined mirrors. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: I could imagine the bathroom here having, you know, that look. Yeah.
1: Definitely, is yeah. Is it any yeah, wonder yeah. they have a... Anyone wonder they have a case of the drabs
0: yeah
2: the, totally <laughs> just it's just
1: everything around them is drab
2: yeah it's just a metaphor for how low they have sunk yeah but but nigel has a solution right.
0: so. <laughs> yeah so nigel has a solution he wants to make a another suggestion Stonehenge, Stonehenge. <laughs> <laughs> best yeah. production value ever had on stage so yeah he's really ready to kind of take over and lead lead the band to success with this suggestion.
2: And One I, I also noticed that, um, that Ian looks quite done at this point. <laughs> yes. Like at the end of his rope, kind of. And he actually hasn't been much. Like he's kind of, for
0: a while there, wasn't really in the movie for a few scenes. Now he's back in action. And yeah, like you said, he's just sort of like, ugh.
2: He's not refreshed.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> he definitely has a case of the drabs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You see those guys. Sometimes you see someone around the office and you know, like, you're, they're here, but they're not here. mean kind of looks, yeah, maybe on his way out already. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then Janine has sort of this look of like doubt and. She, I guess the wind has been kind of knocked out of her sails because they made fun of the doubly and didn't take her um, her ideas as seriously as well, yeah, so, she wanted so she, to.
1: Yeah, so she comes in with David and they've got this sketchbook and she's got these things all like she put, obviously put some time into it and effort and thought and has got a whole theme for the whole band and, and different things worked out for each of the members. And then Nigel just whips something out, you know, on a napkin uh, very quickly. And then Ian is instantly on it saying, great, we'll do it. This is, you know, this is what we're going to do now.
2: And this um, is just the foreshadowing of doom to me. Yes. Like, just like, dum 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 When it zooms in on his hands, drawing. Right, down, yeah. Like, just the th- bad choices starting <laughs> to mount up, you know. Well, it, does Ian
1: even see it? It's he, He's <laughs> snatching. <laughs> Nigel is barely done writing, and Nigel has already got his fingers on that napkin, pulling it away, out of Nigel's hands. He doesn't even look at it before folding it and putting it in his pocket. So basically, all we know is this is not Janine's idea. That's what they're going to do. There's there's Janine's idea, and there's not Janine's idea. And they're going with not. Right. And one of the and things he, I was... Go ahead. Sorry, you can go ahead.
2: Um, It's just Ian, I think, is so is so done that he just wants to be the savior and do something, you know, that's going right. to fix it. And so he doesn't even, you know, just these, like, instant choices with no consideration at all. Uh <laughs> Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Kind of like he he looks like he's making a decision without any thought, though. He's like deciding without deciding. He's just, oh, Nigel suggests something. Let's do it.
0: Yeah. It's like the path. What is it? The path of least resistance. Least resistance. (laughs) Thank you.
1: One thing I wonder, can they or why can't they just do Stonehenge without the Stonehenge?
0: Well, because they've got a. That's a good question, but I mean, I think the the point is that they're trying to reinvigorate themselves and mm-hmm. reinvigorate the audience. I mean, why are they doing? Yeah. What it, is it, the it, purpose?
1: Yeah, I mean, it does. It, it's a good song. When we when we hear we do hear the song later, it sounds good. And what we gather from this conversation and and further ones is that so they have not been performing this song as part of their regular set list. So why they could they just say hey let's perform this song, and you know we'll just put the cloaks on, but without the you know because the the immediate reaction is we, they don't have the equipment, they haven't got the Stonehenge. That's that's David' reactions to Nigel's suggestion. We haven't got the Stonehenge, but you still know the song. It's still a good song.
2: So so, once they make this decision, you know, are they going to promote this as like Spinal Tap at their next show? They're going to do the full Stonehenge, right? Yeah, I think it's a,
0: yeah, I think it's a hook oh. to get people excited.
1: Okay, yeah, that's an excellent yeah. point. But I, uh, yeah, I guess maybe they do that. We don't see it, but yeah, maybe they can then advertise the rebirth of, of Stonehenge.
2: Bring, bring back the full Stonehenge. It's like. It's like the Who doing Tommy for the last right. time, right? Which they did for the last time about three hundred times. Yeah,
0: <laughs> for the
1: last time again.
0: Right. right. I one thing I just noticed is that um, just that the cricket bat is leaning yeah.
2: right there. Well, I really, never noticed that. Yeah, yeah I didn't it's just in the booth just, now,
0: <laughs> just hanging out in the booth. Like a, another character, <laughs> it almost looks like it has an eye and a smiley face. That's you know, <laughs> uh, just waiting for its
1: coffee to get refilled.
0: <laughs> ordered some bottomless fries. It's carb loading. <laughs> uh, so Joyce, um, when we spoke last a few minutes back. You um off mic we were talking about some other stories and things that you wanted to share. Um, yeah,
2: I, I wanted to bring up something that I discovered when I was going down a um Paul Schaefer rabbit hole on minute forty seven and trying to figure out like how did Paul Schaefer end up in this movie and I discovered something called the Trogs Tapes, which mm-hmm. um you'll probably wanna link to it maybe on your on the Spinal Tap Minute website, Um, because it's what it is. The Trogs were, um, you know, they did Wild Thing back in the 60s. That was their big hit. And in 1970, someone recorded them trying to make a record. They were in the studio making a recording, and the song was called Tranquility. And what resulted was like 11 minutes of basically swearing, like the most... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> argument I've ever heard and it's hilarious and it is it is so well it was it's so obvious that um it's just really hard not to conclude that it had a lot to do with the inspiration for this movie but in um you know in 1979 Paul Schaefer was on Saturday night live and so was Harry Shearer briefly and they did a parody of this the Trogs tape, okay. With like Bill Murray and it, I can't, I couldn't find a recording of it, um, but they did a parody of it. And what it's um, best known for is that it was the first that Paul Schaefer, Paul Schaefer was the first person to say the f word on Saturday Night Live. Oh, um, cool. <laughs> yeah. but but it's just eleven minutes of these guys from the Trogs just like arguing over the song and arguing over the drum beat and why the drummer can't produce the sound they want him to do and i mean it is it is it's very profane though if you don't like profanity you won't want to listen to it but anyway that was <laughs> it's very it's very fun. Um, cool So that's great it's my tip for you
0: yeah no that sounds awesome and and i'd love it if we could Try to find the um, the parody, the SNL parody. Yeah, me that, too. That I was awesome.
2: desperately searching for it, but I couldn't find it. But the original, you know, is hilarious. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. no, that's fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely search <laughs> well, search that out and put a link to it on uh, on the website.
2: That would be awesome.
0: So yeah, and then another thing that we often ask our guests is if they have any recommendations for for rockumentaries or documentaries?
2: I have been wanting for a long time to watch the Metallica, well, ever since I first heard of it, the Metallica documentary, um, Some Kind of Monster, wherein the band goes to therapy, I think. I've never, I have not seen it. I watched like three minutes of it and it was so Spinal Tap-esque that (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't have to watch it.
0: You know, I'll tell you... I watched it recently, kind of, you know, inspired by us doing this. And and also just because, yeah, it was always kind of on my radar or list or queue. And I found it pretty boring. Um, mm. And the therapist guy, oof. I mean, one 80s thing about him is that he always wears a single color sweater that's very 80s-like, <laughs> you know. Not like a Cosby sweater where it's all sorts of crazy tangles and wangles of (laughs) geometric shapes and stuff. But it's just these single, you know, monochrome look sweater. And the guy is, I I mean, I was always imagining that these, you know, therapy sessions, like, oh, cool, we get this. Like, these guys are going to be vulnerable and we're going to get to see the inner vulnerability and their, you know, Troubles and it's really kind of washed over. You don't get hmm. to know the guys all that well, much more than I don't know. I, I found it not too
2: compelling. So that's good. Take that for what you will. <laughs> um, the first time I ever awesome. read about it, I was mm-hmm. like, "Metal band goes to therapy." That's the best like elevator pitch for a movie I've ever heard in my life. But anyway. I only watched three minutes of it, so my recommendations are all yeah. You, know, you know these are all kind of typical ones, but there's a reason why these movies are so popular. I I love Don't Look Back, the Dylan um, documentary. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. the absolute best, and of course, The Last Waltz, which of course,
0: yeah, Heidi. I don't
2: know if you know that your other aunt. My sister, Mary Lou, has seen The Last Waltz probably 40 times. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she is a serial last waltz (laughs) watcher. A serial waltz watcher? (laughs) But for really, for just pure cinematic and music pleasure, I have to go with the Bob Marley documentary that came out in 2012 that Kevin McDonald directed. I just found that movie absolutely riveting. It, it's fabulous. So, Oh, cool. I think it's called Marley.
1: Yeah, called Marley. Okay.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I have one other little clip I'd like to recommend. Um, sure. I'm um, a broadcaster at a community radio station kvmr.org based in nevada city california and i have a um, show that focuses on music from the scandinavian countries and in my research i came across a youtube video of a band from sweden called the hounds and they do a cover of um the the drifter song i'll take you where the music's playing and this video is such a well, it's probably contemporaneous with "Listen to What the Flower People Say" or whatever the name. Right. Is. Anyway, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like a, it's a good companion piece to mm. the spinal Tap" um, clip. So excellent.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely search that out.
2: The Hounds from nineteen six from the nineteen sixties. They were a Swedish band.
1: The Hounds
2: cool great well that's
0: some new good different recommendations and um some old classics that that everybody is if they haven't watched the last waltz by now i would imagine most people are going to go check that out since we definitely it's come up a few times
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Sweet. definitely
1: recommend that one
2: so, so this, yeah this, this minute has a cliffhanger at the yeah. It does.
1: So, it so does. getting back to the minute, I guess does anybody have anything else to say on the the restaurant scene?
0: Not I. No, I do not. Okay,
1: and if not, we'll move on to I guess just the last ten eight seconds of this minute. Marty is uh, is saying is asking someone about their collaboration with David. And and how if they feel they they have the opportunity to express themselves, and we we don't quite get the other side of that conversation yet. But Marty is looking very directorial as he always
0: does.
2: <laughs> I don't know. There's something about Rob Reiner in this movie that just sort of gives me the creeps, and I don't know what. Oh, it is. interesting! <laughs> I know because I've heard everybody, a lot of your other guests, um, talk about how fond they are of him. I don't know. It, it's, it's, I don't know if it's the beard or the teeth or what, but yeah. Well,
0: yeah. He could maybe use a little plucking between the brows too. They're looking a bit, you know, no, no uh, groom shaming from me though. Yeah, <laughs> he can wear no. his brows however he wants to, but
2: absolutely not.
0: Well, yeah, let's see. And, I had something here that I pulled up. What is it? So, yeah, I have a little something just um, regarding podcasts and music and Spinal Tap, which is I listened yesterday to a podcast called Sound Tracking, and it's with Edith Bowman. And as the name implies, it's uh, her interviewing and talking with people related to films and the music of those films. And this particular episode 16, she interviews Christopher Guest. It's pretty short. It's just about a half hour. So um, you could definitely track down sound tracking episode 16 and hear the whole thing. The only thing that bummed me out a little bit about it is just that she does a lot of layering of music in into the episode. So while you're listening to him talk, there's also music playing behind him. And it was just a little bit too loud for, for my personal ability to concentrate. But I was still able to hear some good nuggets from him. And... um He talked about something that we've mentioned a few times, which is – and I'm going to just sort of read a little bit of what I wrote down. Like he says, uh, when you're writing music and it's a parody, it has to be good or people won't want to have anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. The challenge was to do the -the over-the-top part of heavy metal and some of the pretentious stuff and the kind of faux poetry and all that, but still be really good – um, and he says, with Stonehenge, they take this, the band takes this mythical story very seriously. So, you know, it's fun to write music as these characters. And uh, it's almost an out-of-body experience because you're not writing as yourself. You know, you're writing as these these characters. and 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 he just kept repeating how just the challenge of that is really fun. So I thought that was kind of interesting to hear. That. And then he also mentions, which we've heard from a few of our guests that have gotten to see Spinal Tap live, is that they opened as the folksmen a couple of different times. <laughs> um, opened for Spinal Tap. And he said that even his son and his wife came and that his son turned to, to her and was like, When are these old guys getting off? I want to hear the loud guys. <laughs> Great. But he, <laughs> and that he said um, that, that it was really interesting and almost chilling to be there and have the feeling of not being wanted. But mm. that that was also the success, you know, that they pulled this over on everybody. Wow, and man. then, yeah, just one final part of this, which was that um, the first time they performed as the folksmen, uh, which is, uh, as per- everybody probably knows, but it's from The Mighty Wind, um, or A Mighty Wind, is that they performed at a folk festival, and they didn't tell anybody, so they were just doing it, playing it straight, as they do so well. <laughs> they came on after Peter, Paul, and Mary. Oh, man. And they said that that people were even looking at them, and they he kind of felt like people were saying, like, yeah, I remember these guys, you know, from the 60s. And, yeah, I
2: and saw then, them at Newport.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the, that illusion was a success. Uh, so, and then... Later on, he talks a little bit with her, um, with the host about, you know, how he's a multi-instrumentalist. And he mentions that he started with the clarinet, but quickly moved away from it because he wanted to sing. And that was a difficult <laughs> combination. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> Trying to play clarinet and sing at the same time. So, yeah. Um, anyways, we can link to that po- that podcast episode. But it was a, it was a fun little interlude with christopher yest yeah yeah that
1: sounds really interesting he's he's an interesting guy i you know to hear him talk about about music and his career and stuff so uh yeah we'll definitely link to that
0: so yeah All anything right. else about this or should we wrap things up for today
1: i think we're good i think we're ready to to wrap up minute 53
0: sweet well, I want to thank my Aunt Joyce for joining us. <laughs> it's been totally
2: fun. I've, I've loved
0: this. It's awesome. A lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, we think we hope you've all enjoyed um, episode 53. We'll be back with, I don't know, maybe episode 54 after this? <laughs> if I was an adventure, I guess. <laughs> You're so linear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Only... Only if I could be so linear so often, but often not. (laughs) So, yeah, um, you can find us at SpinalTapMinute.com and we'll um, we'll discover as many of those links that Joyce mentioned as possible and get those
2: on the website.
1: Yeah. So and if uh, our listeners want to hear more from you, Joyce, where can they find you?
2: I can be found broadcasting at KVMR.org. Um, we are a radio station based in Nevada City and I kind of dabble around as a broadcaster there and I have a show from eight to ten PM on the second Thursday of every month. Cool. All right. And cool. is that
0: the kind of thing too where you, you're like like if they if people miss that, is it also streaming? Or available at any other time? I'm just curious because I keep missing your yes. show. And I'm wondering <laughs> if
2: I can still hear it later. It's up on the archives for two weeks. So okay. KVMAR okay. website has archives. And uh, because it's a music show, we we can only have it up for two weeks. But um, it's available then. Cool. If well, you thanks. It, you can listen to it next month.
1: Far out. We'll We'll, uh, we'll be sure to check that out.
2: Thanks. All right.
1: Well, thank you for joining us. And uh, for all our listeners out in podcast land, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back to do it again for the next minute, whichever minute that may be. So please, <laughs> please come back in and listen to us then. But until next time, and so say all of us,
0: tap, tap to into to America. America. Wow. the hippie-ish to the rock and roll-ish to the um what's that movie oh my god i can't i'm blanking on it um the okay we might have to cut this part out. <laughs>
2: um
0: what's the movie where diane keaton has that you know her whole
2: annie hall annie
0: hall yeah so the annie hall look and then you know different forays and